Embedded press during the Hamas raid? Oh yeah, how did they know? Hmm, we're gonna cover that coming up in a minute. Kill the cows! Ireland has lost the beat. I mean, lost the beat. Getting rid of analog clocks? Making kids stupid? Yep, they're doing it. And humanity in general has just simply lost it. Yeah, we got a lot of that going on tonight. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's Thursday, isn't it? It sure is. Wow. Thursday morning across America. Welcome in. Good morning, America. How are you? As the song goes. Man, we got a lot to cover tonight, and uh, we encourage you also to take part in the show because we do it for you. You want to make a comment, you want to promote something, your website, I don't care. long as it's legal and not porn, you can stick it in our live chat and let everybody know about it. We've had people do that before, and like I said, I really don't mind. The show's for you, so if we can help you promote something, we'll do that too. Um... Yeah, just sign up for a free Rumble account. It's free, it's easy, takes no time at all. And then you can do things like follow this show. That's the green button over there. And you can also uh, make comments, join the live chat. It all helps and it helps the show out. We thank you from the bottom of our wrinkled old heart for that. We have a, you can't see it, but we have a new desk in the studio. I am so excited. I have room. I can reach out and I've got visual. It's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's great. And we uh, it's going to make things and life a lot easier around here. Ah, the other thing that makes life a lot easier around here is a damn good cup of coffee. And we got one for you. They are one of the sponsors and we are most proud to be... Uh, a part of this. Be awake, not woke with Blackout Coffee. Unbelievable company that makes an unbelievable product. You're tired of the same old liberal flavored coffee? Well, go to Blackout Coffee, jump in with the gang and buy yourself a bag of beans, fresh roasted beans. We love Blackout Coffee here. Folks, I highly recommend it. I drink a ton of coffee every day. I'm rarely without a cup. And this is blackout coffee made from the freshest roasted beans you can find other than roasting them yourself. And trust me, you don't want to do that. This coffee company is 100% committed to two things. Our conservative values, American values, which is important, but also making an incredibly great cup of coffee too. From sourcing the beans, local co-ops, American farmers, to the roasting process, customer support, shipping, Blackout Coffee has got an amazing work ethic. They're dedicated to you and the USA. Zero compromise on taste or quality. Do me a favor, go to the website, use the link in our show notes, pick yourself up a single bag. That's all you gotta do, just grab one bag, just to try it. It's not terribly expensive, and we got you a deal, too. Tell you about that coming up, or if you use the link in our show notes, you'll get the same deal. And uh, try it. You'll be back. 
because this stuff is great. Their small batch roasting process means when you place your order, usually 24 to 48 hours from the time you order, then only they roast your beans. Pack them up, ship them out, another few days to get to you, and you've got truly fresh roasted beans. Ditch the other guys. Blackout Coffee remains true to our values, hard work, family, honesty, integrity. They really do. You can all, They support the troops, too, and our first responders. There's a place even on the website. You'll see there it says support troops. Click on that link inside the website. You'll find a way you can help them support our troops. And this company is great. Uh, the link in our show notes and use promo code J20 at checkout. It's right there on the screen. J-A-Y 20 at checkout will get you 20% off your first order, which is it's already a good deal. Now it's an even better deal. 20% off at checkout on your first order with the promo code J20. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, for being part of the show, helping to sponsor and bring you this show. It means a ton to us. It really does. All right. October 7th. Day from hell for a lot of people. Did the press know? That's come up. It hit the, it hit the headlines today from Broken Borders. This is from HonestReporting.com. And, uh, man, AP and Reuters and CNN, their pictures of the Hamas atrocities raise ethical questions. Hamas terrorists were not the only ones who documented the war crimes they had committed during their deadly rampage across southern Israel. Some of their atrocities were captured by Gaza-based photojournalists working for the Associated Press, CNN, and Reuters. Early morning presence at the breached border area into Israel raises serious ethical questions. Now, to be fair, we always try and be fair if we can. Yeah, we always try and be fair. These are not people that Reuters, AP, CNN flew over there. These are locals who are hired by those outlets to get pictures and reports and video. Nevertheless, for all intents, they are employees of the AP, Reuters, CNN. What were they doing there so early on what ordinarily would have been just a quiet Saturday morning? coordinated with Hamas? How did CNN, AP, Reuters know something was going to happen? Begs the question. How did they approve of these hired local reporters to get them into or inside enemy territory? Photojournalists who freelance for the media like CNN, the New York Times also, they're not out of this. They're right in the middle of it. Did they notify the outlets? If you look at some of the pictures, which are disgusting of things like lynching and kidnapping, the raiding of the uh, kibbutz, the border had been breached not only physically, but journalistically. 
some of these pictures, again, here it is, the AP. Palestinians from the Gaza Strip entering the kibbutz Kafar Azah on Saturday. Hamas rulers of the Gaza Strip carried out an unprecedented multi-front attack on Israel. Of course, you know that. But the pictures were taken by news reporters and photographers hired by CNN, AP, The New York Times, Reuters. How did they know? Eslaya's now-removed tweets on X, in which he documented himself standing in front of the Israeli tank. He was not wearing a press vest or a helmet, and the Arabic caption on his tweet read, Live from inside the Gaza Strip settlements. There. Now, by the way, in our show notes, and you'll see this note here, shortly after this article was published, there is an attack on this site, which may or may not work. So, in our show notes, we didn't need that again, did we? <laughs> Sorry. In our show notes, you will see an extra link and it says the website is being attacked, so there's an archive link because it's important you read this story and you know about what went on. How did they know to hire these reporters before this event happened? And the justification to stick these people in amongst these murderous bastard terrorists? who committed these unspeakable atrocities? Questions need to be answered. And I doubt they're going to be, but they need to be. Here's another one that, as horrific as this story is, you just knew something you knew something like this was going to happen you've probably heard about it but in case a 77 year old man shot dead two environmental protesters yesterday in some sort of outrage road rage in Panama a gunman named in local media as Kenneth Franklin Darlington Salas. If convicted, he could be sentenced to house arrest rather than being sent to prison because of his age. He's 77. The protesters were opposed to a controversial mining contract, had blocked the Pan American hi uh, Highway in Charn, 51 miles from the capital of Panama City. Footage posted on social media shows the motorist walking from his car, demanding the protesters get out of the road, obviously. Initially, he removed tires which were obstructing the road. Protesters shouted at the man, are you gonna kill someone? To which the man replied, you wanna be first? And then he opened fire. There is video of that. 
I am not playing it because it's horrific. These deaths, the first fatalities in all kinds of protests just like this that have gone on all over the world. Right here in America, same thing is happening with these climate idiots. There he is. Shot and killed two of these protesters. Now, that is a horrible, horrible thing. And it is way above and beyond. And I am not forgiving this guy for what he did in any way, shape, or form. I am saying you knew it was going to come to this. He is the first. I promise you. I promise you. He will not be the last. Because people are sick and tired. Do not take it to this level. Do not take it to this level. I know how frustrating it is. I really do. But... That's a step too far. Unbelievable. Speaking of steps too far, the Irish are idiots, please. I am about half Irish, so I think I can say that. Maybe I can only say half of it. No, I am. I'm Irish, Welsh, a little French, uh, mishmash. I have a bit of... Not Elizabeth Warren style, but I actually have a bit of a Native American. Uh, I, I'm really what we here call Rojock. I am a mixture of a little everything. But the Irish, what the hell are you people doing? There's been a lot of stories out of Ireland that are complete head shakers. This is another one. Ireland's dairy cattle are going to be culled for climate targets, all of which we all know it's a complete scam, it's total bullshit, none of it is true, the CO2 garbage junk scam crap they're pushing down our throats. Farmers say it ought to be voluntary. <laughs> it won't be. Get the sub-headline. Agriculture can place a significant role in climate journey ahead, milk supplier representative says. I love cows, by the way. Up to 65,000 dairy cows every year could be culled. If you don't know, by the way, culled means killed destroyed as this idiot government moves to bring the agriculture sector in line with climate targets. Pat McCormick told News Talk Breakfast if there's to be a scheme it needs to be voluntary, absolutely critical because there is no point in culling numbers from an individual who's borrowed on the back of huge financial commitments on the back of achieving a certain target that is taken from under him. 65,000 dairy cattle could be killed as the government moves to bring the agriculture sector in line with their bullshit climate targets. 
Department of Agriculture briefing paper sought to find ways to help the sector close the gap. Useless, useless. And part of it, I'm sure, is they are trying once again to screw with our food supply. Don't, please don't think that's not happening, because it is. We'll do a segment on that one of these days. And the stupid people line right up, grab that cup of Kool-Aid and suck it down. Whereas I will be enjoying my blackout coffee. Stupid people. Those are the ones. Idiots. Gaslit morons that buy this whole climate change crap. And how do they get that stupid? We teach them to be that stupid when they're kids. Think I'm kidding? <laughs> this is from Reddit. I know Reddit, but I looked this up. It's absolutely true. They're trying, and in some cases are, removing analog clocks from schools. You know why? Because the kids can't read them. They look at a clock and they can't tell what time it is if it's an analog clock. They're apparently too busy being taught about sex and read porn in the books in their libraries and how to use the right pronouns and how to get treatment if you think you're a boy and you might be a girl or a girl and you might be a boy. Oh, that's top of the line. But teaching them how to tell time on an analog clock? Oh, no, no, no. We'll just change them all to digital. It's okay. You don't have to learn how to tell time. <laughs> Obsessed with trans people, all the issues, gender, that <laughs> at the end of the day have no place being even talked about in school. But they're not going to teach them how to read an analog clock. <laughs> there it is. There's the Reddit thread right there on why schools are removing analog clocks. We are making stupid people. We're manufacturing them. We're doing absolutely nothing to actually teach kids the thing they the things they might need in the real world, which is why you get DEI idiots who grow up to be these liberal, commie, Marxist, leftist freaks. We breed them. We teach them. We allow our schools to teach them. And we need to fight that. Ain't gonna get any better until you do something about it. Do something nonviolent about it. Seven Nashville cops have been put on leave after that partial leak of the mass shooter's manifesto. 
Never mind all the other crime problems Nashville has. They're putting cops on leave. Metro Nashville Police said yesterday they'd placed seven officers on administrative leave as they probe which, if any, staff were involved in the partial leak of the Audrey Hale Manifesto. Quote, seven individuals on administrative assignment, absolutely non-punitive, yeah, right, to protect the integrity of the active progressing investigation. The department said this in a statement to the Daily Beast. A spokesman said the seven officers will maintain full police power. Their names are not being released because it's not fair to them. What's not fair to them is putting them on some sort of administrative reassignment crap. Unbelievable. There you go. Links in our show notes. Check it out. Share it out. Make your opinion known on exactly why you don't like this kind of crap. Administrative leave. Lovely. Once again, this was one of those stories that I hesitated to share. It's from rebelnews.com. Link is in our show notes. And this will tear your heart out. This is, dis this is the world we live in, and this is disgusting. But you've got to know about it. I doubt you've heard about this. Hadn't made a lot of headlines. The High Court in the UK has decided to end the life of a baby who has mitochondrial disease. This despite the fact that an Italian hospital has offered to provide treatment. The UK High Court decided, nope, we're going to kill her. English judges are ordering the death of an Italian citizen based on a gruesome euthanasia parameter of the dignity of life. Jacopo Cogge says, we are falling back into the worst mistakes of human history. I know this is tough, but there she is. This child will be purposely euthanized when an Italian hospital has offered treatment. Greg, oh, Indy Gregory, eight-month-old suffering from mitochondrial disease, will not have her life support treatment conducted at home and is preventing her from being treated in Italy which granted her citizenship, which would allow that treatment to happen at a hospital in Rome. Her parents wished to return her to their Ilkson home. The court determined it would be best 
for the treatment to cease in a hospice or hospital environment, which basically would end her life. Justice Peel. I hesitate to use the word justice. His written judgment explained that the complexities of Indy's condition necessitated professional care during the removal of life support, which her home could not provide. The medical team at Queen's Medical Center in Nottingham emphasized the need for trained professionals to handle any complications. According to the BBC, mitochondrial disease is an incurable condition which affects cellular energy production and has left Indy in a state where the hospital says further medical intervention cannot improve her condition. Previous legal attempts by Indy's parents to challenge the withdrawal of life support, they have appealed to the Court of Appeals in London, European Court of Human Rights, all unsuccessful. This is the day we live in. Christian Legal Center, who's supporting the family, indicated they plan to appeal the recent high court decision. Indy's father expressing frustration, a strong desire to seek treatment in Italy. Italy has offered to treat this child in a hospital. English judges are ordering the death of an Italian citizen, a child, a baby, based on this gruesome, hideous, euthanasia, dignity of life crap. Let me put her picture back up. There you go. This is the child who has an opportunity to be treated in Italy in a hospital. And the UK High Court said, no, we're not going to do it. Let her die. Like I said, I hesitated to even share this story because it's, it's a rough one. <laughs> there have been a lot of stories out about the... Uh, elections, especially Pennsylvania, which apparently had all kinds of problems. The senior vice president, link to this is in our show notes if you want to share it or read it yourself. Customer operations of election systems and software, the company responsible for Pennsylvania votes being flipped. We covered that yesterday. But this is a rather interesting line. I don't know if this person realized what they were saying when they said it. It was a human error. Someone from our team programmed the election. Listen. That's been brought to my attention, but yes, I believe so. Well, like I said, it was a human error based on, you know, someone from our team that programmed the election and they 
made a mistake putting the, the printed text on the card as compared to the, the vote screen. Because the retention is a lot of text to it, it's gotta be abbreviated on the printed card. So someone on our team inadvertently uh, put the wrong name. Someone on our team programmed the election. Someone on your team needs to be fired and then arrested. And so it goes. Epstein flight logs. Oh yeah, ding, 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 ding. 116 pages of Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs have been leaked online. Didn't hear about that one, did you? Mm-hmm. This guy, Wayne Tech SPFX, which is an X account, posted this. He also posted it a little bit, and there is a link to the PDF. <laughs> this. As you can see, it's extensive. Take a look at this. It goes on. And I, these are the flight, the actual flight logs of uh, Epstein's plane. And if you'd like to look at them yourself, there is a link in this link, which is in our show notes. 116 pages of flight logs. Most interesting. That got leaked. And it's out there. He is going through it to see what little interesting tidbits. I follow this guy over on X. When he finds out and he lets us know, you can be damn sure I'll let you know. Hi, <sighs> Pierce Morgan. You know, I go hot and cold on this guy. I think in general he's an idiot. He tries a bit of that argument, not all protesters are pro-Hamas. He tries that with Doug Murray. <laughs> it doesn't exactly go well. Take a listen. Difference, isn't there? Well, there is, but I don't think that all of these protesters are right. pro-Hamas. And the difference, the difference yeah, is I, whether I think or you're not making... you have a large artillery behind you. Yeah, but you. you wouldn't, you don't honestly think they're all pro-Hamas, these people. Well, I, I, I think that anyone who, for instance, chants things like from the river to the sea is, is in fact... Yes, uh, but they're not all doing that. ...or is criminally ignorant. Oh, well, they are. I mean, there's masses of videos of them marching past Westminster Abbey last week saying exactly that. Yeah, but they're not all uh, doing it. Marching past the Statue of Winston Churchill I, I, last I've week I've watched the videos, exactly. and there are well, lots of people okay, well, here, chanting well, and some who aren't. Okay, well, here's a challenge. Okay, well, here's a challenge, Piers. If you decided to go on some kind of march mm. and in week one you discovered that you had the BNP along your side calling, for instance, for the murder of all black people, would you not wonder whether or not you should go on week two? Would you not drop out by about week three? I'd have thought so. I would. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Nailed him. Exactly. Whether you are chanting from the river to the sea or not, if you're there, you support it. You're just as much should be shouting it as anybody else. And like he said, brilliant example. 
If you went to a rally and suddenly you found out it was a KKK rally, would you go next week? Of course not. Well, I should say any reasonable thinking person, of course not. Unbelievable. All right, from the I told you so files. <laughs> this is from the Vigilant Fox. Says, I just left the room where we had negotiations about digital identity. And I have bad news. Dutch member of European Parliament Rob Ruse said on Wednesday, yesterday, very bad news. The European Parliament, and again, I cover this stuff because what happens over there is coming over here just like that. The European Parliament and member states just reached an agreement here we go, on introducing the digital identity. Now we have a digital identity wallet. We have to put something in it. Suggesting the EID and a CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. They ignored all the privacy aspects all the experts, all the security specialists, and they are just pushing it all through. Put the blinders on, cover the ears, you know, like the monkey statue. It may not be too late, though Parliament still has to vote about this. So I have a small audience in the UK. I do mostly listening to the podcast, which you can find on all your podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm on all most of all the platforms. And check it out. It's the audio from this show, actually. Thank you, folks. But for those of you in the UK, get a hold of your MPs. Let them know you uh, absolutely oppose this whole digital ID, CBDC crap. And you want them to vote against it. It is still possible to fight against it. There is a link in our show notes and you can find out more about it. It's a post from the Vigilant Fox over on X. By the way, even if you don't have an X account, you do not have to in order to see these posts. They are public. So you can check it out whether or not. All right. It is almost time for our book. But before we do, we always end this segment with a piece of good news, a heartwarming video. Last night's was incredible. And this one tonight, <laughs> it's just a still image. But the, one of the, in fact, the main reason we read books on this show is because we're trying to get you to read and read to your kids. Get them reading. Get a book in their hands. If you absolutely have to, get them a Kindle or one of these digital crap devices. But the reality of having a physical book in your hand to read makes a difference. Science has also shown that reading to your kids has the same effect up here that if they read the books. More important, they read themselves and learn to read and be good readers and want to read. If you just can't get it done, read to them, making an adventure, a bedtime story, a little piece of a chapter at a time, which is what we do here. Hell, if you want to, 
look back on our Rumble page, rumble.com slash the Jay Sheldon Show. All of our shows are there, all of them, from the very beginning. And you can find all the books that we've read. Fast forward up to that segment, it's usually about halfway through the show or a little longer, and play that for them if you want. They can sit there and watch my ugly mug while we go. <laughs> anyway, I, I just, before we do the book, I just had to share this one picture because it is more than a little cute. Take a look. Yeah. <laughs> Very famous in the Panda Kingdom. There is a, what perhaps would be, I, I don't know that that's mom, the middle-sized one there. It's probably older brother or sister. But there is dad reading a book, and that looks a lot like Mae Musk, Elon's mom, on the back cover. Maybe they're reading Elon's mom's book. She's got a new one out, by the way. But look at that. Isn't that great? <laughs> A panda family doing what you should do, reading books. Among the many books we've done has been uh, just all the classic children's stuff, Winnie the Pooh, The Jungle Book, Wizard of Oz, Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland. Right now we are doing The Amazing Lord of the Flies. It has really been incredible. We're on chapter 11. Wow. And the, uh, the gang was about to head over to the savages and try and negotiate some sort of peace. Here we go. William Golding's Lord of the Flies. They set off along the beach in formation. Ralph went first, limping a little, his spear carried over one shoulder. He saw things partially through the tremble of the heat haze over the flashing sands and his own long hair and injuries. Behind him came the twins, worried now for a while, but full of unquenchable vitality. They said little, but trailed the butts of their wooden spears, for Piggy had found that by looking down, shielding his tired sight from the sun, he could just see these moving along the sand. He walked between the trailing butts, therefore the conch held carefully between his two hands. The boys made a compact, a little group that moved over the beach, four plate-like shadows dancing, mingling between them. There was no sign left of the storm, and the beach was swept clean like a blade that's been scoured. The sky and the mountain were an immense distance, shimmering in the heat. The reef, lifted by mirage, floating in a kind of silver pool halfway up the sky. They passed the place where the tribe had danced. The charred sticks still lay on the rocks where the rain had quenched them, but the sand by the water was smooth again. They passed this in silence. No one doubted the tribe would be found at the castle rock, and when they came in sight of it, they stopped with one accord. The dense tangle on the island of mass of twisted stems, black and green, impenetrable, lay on their left, and tall grass swayed before them. Now Ralph went forward. Here was the crushed grass where they had all lain when he'd gone to prospect. There was the neck of land, ledge skirting up the rock, 
Up there, the red pinnacles. Sam touched his arm. Smoke. There was a tiny smudge of smoke wavering into the air on the other side of the rock. Some fire. I don't think... Ralph turned. What are we hiding for? He stepped through the screen of grass onto the little open space that led to the narrow neck. You two follow me. I'll go first, then Piggy a pace behind me. Keep your spears ready. Piggy peered anxiously into the luminous veil that hung between him and the world. Is it safe? Ain't there a cliff? I, I can hear the sea. You keep right close to me. Ralph moved forward on the neck. He kicked a stone and it bounded into the water. And then the sea sucked down, revealing a red, weedy square 40 feet beneath Ralph's left arm. Am I safe? quavered Piggy. I, I, I feel awful. High above them, from the pinnacles, came a sudden shout. And then an imitation war cry. It was answered by a dozen voices from behind the rock. Give me the conch and lay still. Halt! Who goes there? Ralph bent back his head, glimpsed Roger's dark face at the top. You can see who I am, he shouted. Stop being silly. He put the conch to his lips and began to blow. Savages appeared, painted out of recognition, edging round the ledge towards the neck. They carried spears and disposed themselves to defend the entrance. Ralph went on blowing and ignored Piggy's terrors. Raul Roger was shouting, You mind out, see? At length, Ralph took his lips away and paused to get his breath back. His first words were a gasp, but audible, calling an assembly. The savages guarding the neck muttered among themselves, but made no motion. Ralph walked forwards a couple of steps. A voice whispered urgently behind him, hey, Don't leave me, Ralph. You kneel down, said Ralph sideways. Wait till I come back. He stood halfway along the neck and gazed at the savages intently. Freed by the paint, they'd tied their hair back and were more comfortable than he was. Ralph made a resolution to tie his own back afterwards. Indeed, he felt like telling them to wait and doing it right there and then. That was impossible. The savages sniggered a bit and one gestured at Ralph with his spear. High above, Roger took his hands off the lever and leaned out to see what was going on. The boys on the neck stood in a pool of their own shadow, diminished to shaggy heads. Piggy crouched, his back shapeless as a sack. I'm calling an assembly. Silence. Roger took up a small stone and flung it between the twins aiming to miss. They started, and Sam only just kept his footing. Some source of power began to pulse in Roger's body. Ralph spoke again loudly. 
I'm calling an assembly. He ran his eye over them. Where's Jack? The group of boys stirred and consulted. A painted face spoke with the voice of Robert. He's hunting, and he said we weren't to let you in. I've come to see about the fire, said Ralph, and Piggy's specks. The group in front of him shifted, laughed, shivered outward from among them, light, excited laughter that went echoing among the tall rocks. A voice spoke from behind Ralph. What do you want? The twins made a bolt past Ralph and got between him and the entry. He turned quickly. Jack, identifiable by personality and red hair, was advancing from the forest. A hunter crouched on either side, all three masked in green and black. Behind them on the grass, the headless and paunched body of a sow lay where they'd dropped it. Piggy wailed, Ralph, don't leave me. With ludicrous care, he embraced the rock, pressing himself to it above the sucking sea. The sniggering of the savages became a loud, derisive jeer. Ralph shouted above the noise, You go away, Ralph. You keep to your end. This is my end and my tribe. You leave me alone, Jack said. You pinch Piggy's specks, said Ralph breathlessly. You've got to give them back. Got to? Who says? Ralph's temper blazed out. I say, you voted me for chief. Didn't you hear the conk? You played a dirty trick. We've given you, we'd have given you fire if you'd have asked for it. The blood was flowing in his cheeks and he bunged up eye throbbed. You could have had fire whenever you wanted, but you didn't. You came sneaking up like a thief and stole Piggy's glasses. Say that again. Thief. Thief. Piggy screamed, Ralph, mind me. Jack made a rough rush and stabbed at Ralph's chest with his spear. Ralph sensed the position of the weapon from the glimpse he caught of Jack's arm and put the thrust aside with his own butt. And then he brought the end round and caught Jack a stinger across the ear. They were chest to chest, breathing fiercely, pushing, glaring. Who's a thief? You are. Jack wrenched free and swung at Ralph with his spear. By common consent, they were using the spears as sabers now, no longer daring the lethal points. The blow struck Ralph's spear, slid down to fall agonizingly on his fingers. And then they were apart once more, their positions reversed. Jack toward the castle or castle rock and Ralph on the outside towards the island. The boys were both breathing very heavily. Come on then, come on. Translucently, they squared up to each other, but kept just out of fighting distance. Come on, see what you get. You come on. Piggy, clutching the ground, was trying to distract and attract Ralph's attention. Ralph moved, bent down, kept a wary eye on Jack.
Ralph, remember what we came for, the fire, my specs. Ralph nodded. He relaxed his fighting muscles, stood easily, and grounded the butt of his spear. Jack watched him inscrutably through his paint. Ralph glanced up at the pinnacles and then towards the group of savages. Listen, we've come to say this. First, you've got to give back Piggy's specs. If he hasn't got them, he can't see. You aren't playing the game. The tribe of painted savages giggled and Ralph's mind faltered. He pushed his hair up, gazed at the green and black mask before him, trying to remember what Jack looked like. Piggy whispered, and the fire. Oh, yeah, and, and, then about the fire. I say this again. I've been saying it ever since we dropped in. He held out his spear, pointed at the savages. Your only hope is keeping a signal fire going as long as there's light to see. Then maybe a ship will notice the smoke. Come and rescue us. Take us home. But without that smoke, we gotta wait till some ship comes by accident. We might wait years till we're old. The shivering, silvery, unreal laughter of the savages sprayed out, echoed away. A gust of rage shook Ralph. His voice cracked. Don't you understand, you painted fools? Sam, Eric, Piggy, and me, we were not enough. We tried to keep the fire going, but we couldn't. And then you, playing at hunting. He pointed past them to where the trickle of smoke dispersed in the pearly air. Look at that. You call that a signal fire? That's a cooking fire. Now you'll eat, and there'll be no smoke. Don't you understand? There may be a ship out there. He paused, defeated by the silence and the painted anonymity of the group guarding the entry. Jack opened a pink mouth and addressed Sam Nerick, who were between him and his tribe. You too, get back. No one answered him. The twins puzzled look at each other, while Piggy, reassured by the cessation of violence, stood up carefully. Jack glanced back at Ralph and then at the twins. Grab them! No one moved. Jack shouted angrily, I said grab them! The painted group moved round Samneric nervously and unhandily. Once more, the silvery laughter scattered. Sam Nerick protested out of the heart of civilization. Oh, I say, honestly, their spears were taken from them. Tie them up, Ralph cried out hopelessly against the black and green mask. Jack, go on, tie them up. Now the painted group felt the otherness of Samneric, felt the power in their own hands. They felled the twins clumsily and excitedly. Jack was inspired. He knew Ralph would attempt a rescue. 
He struck him in a humming circle behind him, and Ralph had only just parried the blow. Beyond them, the tribe and the twins were a loud, writhing heap. Piggy crouched again. And then the twins lay astonished, and the tribe stood round them. Jack turned to Ralph and spoke between his teeth. See, they do what I want. There was silence again. The twins lay inexpertly tied up, and the tribe watched Ralph to see what he would do. He numbered them through his fringe, glimpsed the ineffectual smoke, and his temper broke. He screamed at Jack. You're a beast, and a swine, and a bloody, bloody thief. And then he charged. Sounds like a cliffhanger spot to me. Yeah, we'll continue on with The Lord of the Flies coming up tomorrow on our Friday show. <laughs> wow. Uh, this book is headed towards a wow ending. Indeed. All right. Thank you, folks. Really appreciate it. Please give us a follow. There's a button right over there. Join us on Locals for some behind-the-scenes video. I think I just did another one uh, yesterday. Uh, once again, I'm eating, but that seems to be the time when I remember to upload these things so you'll get to see my dinner or something like that. <laughs> it's fun. It's wacky, but it's kind of cool. Over there on Locals, just join up. Again, check out our great sponsor deals, Blackout Coffee, NordVPN, Brickhouse Nutrition, at Skillshare, you get some great deals over there on some amazing products. All right, enjoy the rest of your day, and I will see you again tomorrow. Thanks. Snort. <laughs>